All right, welcome to the Crown Council's Mentor of the Month Student Mentorship Podcast Series. I am Stuart Anderson with just a short introduction before you hear from Dr. Allison Lesko. Allison has been part of the Crown Council and the Young Dentist Program of the Crown Council for over 10 years, and she's had an incredible experience in two different types of practices as an associate and as a partner, and also as a a doctor buying the practice of an old retiring dentist. And you get to hear about both of those experiences in this podcast. So big thanks to Allison for some of the advice that you hear. Uh, Some of the things that she talks about is knowing what you want, uh, the type of person that you are and how you can learn, the communication skills that are essential and need to be developed before you join a practice, and how a student or a young doctor can be working to to develop those skills uh, right now. That's a huge part of what Allison talks about. Uh, She talked about dental contracts, a broker for buying a practice, uh, mentoring, and the the type of practice that you hope to build with this person that you're joining forces with. Are they going to be a mentor? Uh, Are they going to leave you to do your own thing? Uh, So, Find out how you learn, what kind of skills you want to develop, whether it's business skills or clinical skills, uh, having that plan laid out before you join the practice. And especially, she talks about interviewing the type of doctor that you're going to go into business with. If you're going to be an associate, uh, what is the team like? You have the opportunity to ask questions to that team and doctor that you're joining just as much as they do to ask you questions. So, so much good information from Allison. We hope you enjoy it uh, and learn a lot. And she she opens herself up to be a mentor and uh, a guide to anyone who wants to connect with her. So super grateful to Allison and the time she spent. Hope you enjoy. Thanks. All right. Welcome to the Crown Council's Mentorship Podcast. I'm Stuart Anderson, joined by Dr. Allison Lesko. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. So grateful to have you, uh, Allison. I mean, Young Dentist of the Year, which is kind of our theme here amongst those that we're interviewing on the podcast. So, I, Allison, what year was that that we... Uh, 2011, probably. Okay, 2011. Very good. Yeah. So, uh, very grateful to have you on. We're going to be chatting about her practice, her journey uh, after dental school, which is kind of the theme of this series of podcasts, which is, I'm a young dentist, I'm a student dentist, and I want to learn from the best in dentistry advice on what to do next, kind of how to make that decision, um, what I need to be doing if I'm going to be an associate or joining a practice, building a practice, buying a practice. So we've gone out and found incredible doctors like Dr. Lesko to give you advice on what they did and what they've seen some others in the industry do uh, as they made the next step after dental school. All right, let's do it. Awesome. So I have a, a quick bio and you can jump in anytime. Um, so Dr. Lesko, you got, you practice out of Colorado now. Correct. Yes, correct? I do. Uh, so Fort Collins, but you got your start in Salina, Kansas. So she, she worked at a, a, a practice in Salina, Kansas, new horizons dental. Um, but before that you went to school at Kansas state and on your website, I don't even know how to pronounce the word here. You served as a, as a member of the men's rowing crew. Yeah. Yeah. How do I say the word? What, what is it? A coxswain. Okay. So I looked up what the word means. The etymology of the word literally means boat servant. (laughs) We call it the coach, but no. (laughs) (laughs) So what what did you do? Yeah, go ahead. 
yeah, a coxswain is when you're looking at a four or eight person boat, there's always the person that is in there steering and uh, they have a little microphone on their head and they are the ones that are um, basically the coach inside the boat. They're helping to bring that team together um, and get them to the finish line the fastest. So we're there to motivate, we're there to give direction and to make sure we're staying on course. That and is that way so the cool. rowers can do that. So on the men's team, um, yeah, you're, you, you can be a woman and be a coxswain. Obviously I couldn't row on the, on the all men's team, but right. um, it was awesome. Who doesn't want to so cool. cross eight guys around? That's awesome. <laughs> I just love that. It's like the coolest thing. Okay. So after K-State, then you went on to um, UMKC School of Dentistry, uh, yes. graduated there, and then did a residency at Truman Medical Center. Um, can you talk? Maybe we'll talk more about that in a bit. Okay. Uh, now you practice in Fort Collins, Colorado. I love this. It says on your website, you complete at least a hundred hours of dental continuing education a year, uh, focusing mainly on regenerative procedures, grafting, implants, cosmetics, and advanced sedation techniques. Let's talk about that for a minute, hopefully in a bit. But um, I met Allison through obviously Crown Council, the Young Dentist Program, and then Smiles for Life, attending the annual event. So I've watched Allison for quite a while, kind of on your dental journey. And I, I, I can't wait for your advice to these young docs. Um, I think your dental journey has been, I would say, unique, um, but also uh, a lot of opportunity for me and others who are watching to learn from uh, the things that you've done. So thanks for being on. Grateful to have you. Would you would you want to start with maybe your beginning, your story, uh, where you your dental school, and then what happened after dental school, and how sure. you got there? Okay. Thanks. Yeah, because I know we can dive in deep in some details. But dive just in. A, yeah, <laughs> a basic. Um, yeah, I went to obviously dental school there in Kansas City. That's originally where I'm from. And um, after that, went in, did a general practice residency, so GPR. Um, and it's um, hospital-based. We did dentistry, um, like, you know, normal dentistry, if you will, in the in the clinic, as well as rotating through the hospital and all the different departments, which was an awesome experience. Um, and during that, uh, residency at the very end is when I ended up meeting, um, who I went in with practice with, which is at new horizons dental care in Salina, Kansas. Um, and I will say on a caveat with the GPR, I would hands down recommend to any new grad to look at, um, an AGD or GPR just because um, mine was phenomenal. I learned so much and it accelerates your practice probably by five years of experience. It's mm. tremendous. So, um, I know I, I was able to, to really jumpstart my career because of that. Um, and then I met, uh, Guy Gross and Ken Guest. So the practice that I joined was started probably 30 years prior by, um, Ken Guest. And he was joined, um, by his son-in-law Guy Gross and his daughter Kate Gross, and they have a great practice in Salina, Kansas. And so I met them and it was just an instant, awesome connection and, went through um, several phone interviews and, and in-person interviews, just getting to know each other. And uh, that summer I started as their associate and uh, I was at New Horizons for eight years. And in those, to remember how many years, I think it was probably three or four as an associate and then another four as a um, partner, um, worked there, had, a, like I said, just a, a great experience of, of working in that. Um, ended up, you know, in something that's important and, and that I, 
I don't want to say neglected, but being from Kansas City, I like a big city. I like to be outdoors. I like to do a lot of things. And, and on my docket was always to kind of retire in uh, Colorado or a state that had a lot of hiking and outdoors, but I, I did love Colorado. And so um, it kind of came to the point where being in a small town wasn't enough. And even though I had amazing people I worked with and amazing practice, I was really missing a big part of my life, which is just being outdoors and um, being in a, an area that was important to live. And so I ended up um, looking at practices uh, and bought a practice from a retiring dentist. So um, that was fun, super unique situation that I can talk about that too. Yes, it's a, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, he's a cool dude. And it, it was a it was an interesting transition. There's a lot to learn in that specific transition that you can make an entire podcast on. Uh, but ultimately, you know, he, he retired on a Thursday. I started on a Monday. There was zero overlap. And I started this practice, which is where I've been for five years. And we've gone from his small, like, a, I don't know, 1100 square foot practice with three operatories to now we have like 3000 square feet and eight operatories. Wow. And um, we've grown that practice a lot in those five years. And oh, it's I can't awesome. wait to dive in. Let's go. Let's go. So that's my little snippet. That's my, my abstract. <laughs> hey, let's talk first about New Horizons join. So let's say we've got <laughs> listeners, students that are joining. They want to join that same thing. Like I'm, I'm coming on as an associate. I'm joining a practice which is actually interesting that that practice was all family and you're coming yeah. in as a, mm -hmm. yeah. So let's, um, let's start their advice to a student who, who is looking to, to join a practice as an associate. Um, maybe let's start there. What you learned advice you'd give and how to be the best associate possible. Oh, that's a whole other podcast there too. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, number one, I would always say, you know, I think it really starts when you're coming out of school, it, take, take some time to really know who you are. And I, I think number one is where do you want to live? You know, um, both personally, um, that was a question that I thought I really didn't ask myself. And, um, you know, when I'm interviewing associates to join my practice, that's a question that I have always stuck on is, do you want to be in Fort Collins? Cause if you don't want to be in Fort Collins, this is not going to work out. <laughs> and I don't want a revolving door of doctors and associates don't want to have multiple jobs and, you know, everybody always hopes for a great hit it out of the park first, first go around. And so I think starting with where do you want to live and then looking for what kind of practice, you know, if you're looking to be in an associate, it, there's a lot of different types of associate relationships that you can run into, um, you know, trying to figure out what kind of environment do you thrive in? Is this a a practice that the doctors are, are wanting to mentor you and, and specifically, are they taking time to do that in a structured way? Or are they trying to do it on the fly? Because those are going to be conversations that you should have with that practice as well. Um, but looking at that to say, okay, are these doctors either a doing procedures um, that I want to learn and that they are willing to teach me and be my safety net. Because I think that's one of the, the best benefits of being an associate in a practice is when you find that person that, let's say, you know, you, you want to do more surgery, you want to learn more uh, advanced grafting or implants and things like that. Coming out of dental school, you don't know those, but being able to get into a practice where somebody is already doing that and willing to teach you and be your safety net. So when you have more complex cases, you can kind of stretch and grow. Um, that's phenomenal. Versus, are you the kind of person that is more like the lone wolf person where you're like, I would just want to go in and I want to learn. And you're going in with an older dentist or a dentist that is doing more, let's say bread and butter stuff. 
and you want to bring in new procedures like orthodontics or endo or surgery? And are you comfortable in being that person that has to take the initiative to take these classes and to know that you're doing this without a safety net? And that's a personality thing is like, where, where do you thrive at? And uh, you know, each, each practice is going to be unique in that. And I think that, um, you know, when you're looking at specifically, Hey, how do I even figure this out? It's, it's like almost like dating, you know, you gotta like say, you know, it's, they, they, you know, you're going on an interview and you're talking to these people. It's, it's, of course they're, they're looking at you and wondering, are you a good fit, but don't just make it about them saying, well, are, is it, if it's, if they like me, then I have to be there. You know, it's, you got to have your own checklist. You have to have your own questions. You have to decide, are, are they the right people for me? Do I connect with them? Do I like them? And is this going to be a great opportunity for me to learn in or do how I want to practice dentistry in? So good. So I think that that's one of the big components is just understanding you yourself, you know, what kind of environment you, you thrive in. Um, you know, I know a lot of people that, the, like that mentorship. And so being able to say, is it a multiple doctors or is this, you know, just you and another doctor versus are you the kind of person that just wants to throw up a shingle and, and go for it? Right. <laughs> I was not that person. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Owning a business is, it's a whole other piece of the pie to learn. <laughs> yeah. And, and how did you, I mean, how did you decide on, was there a certain thing that when, when new horizons came to you that propelled you there? What did you see there that, yeah. What did you see there that made that work? Specifically? I mean, it first started off with meeting, um, Ken and guy at a job fair that that's funny. I kind of crashed, but it was good. It turned out well (laughs) (laughs) for me, (laughs) just an instant connection. Like I, I immediately was like, these are two people that I like that they are nice. They're engaging. Um, I could spend time because in all honesty, you're going to spend more time with the people that you work with than your own family. So you better like them and you better be able to have communication skills and be able to identify, you know, their communication style, your communication style, and how to work through when there's misunderstandings, um, because it's going to happen. And, you know, you, that was the first thing is just meeting them. And then obviously getting to meet Kate and just saying, okay, these are three awesome people. I could see myself working with these people and then having the conversations about, okay, well, what do you do with this practice? What are you willing to teach me? Because um, one, there's things that I don't know yet, but two, in this residency, I just learned a ton of stuff and I want to be able to utilize that. Will you help me utilize that? Because I didn't want to be in an associateship where they're like, well, that's great, but I'm not going to buy an implant system or I'm not going to you know, do sedations. We don't, we don't do that. And if somebody was going to squander what I had just spent a year learning and working my butt off, um, I was going to be out. That was not going to work for me. And, um, you know, for them, they were doing, because it's a smaller town, we would have patients driving two to three hours away just to come see us because the closest specialist is even further away. So we made it a point to be able to provide 99% of all the treatment that a patient would ever need in the practice. And so it was nice that they were all on board, like, yeah, we want to teach you this, or we want to learn how you do this. And so there wasn't a competition and it was very much, we are going to try to make each other better. And then, um, 
we got kind of, as we got through, we had more niches that we really would focus in on and, um, you know, internally refer, uh, refer patients to. And so, you know, really having that conversation about what does that look like? And, um, so just knowing that they were big on mentoring me, utilizing me, encouraging, those were all really great things. And so it was an easy decision. Um, I mean, all the other practices I had talked to just leagues apart, you know, mm. so it, they're doing a great job. They, they, <laughs> they're doing it well and, um, they know how to treat a good associate. So, that's and, sure. and, and when you came on as an associate, was there talk like, oh, we're so grateful to have you associate in four years, the plan is you're going to be a partner or was that like, did that kind of like yeah. manifest itself? <laughs> It's always funny. I, I don't know where dental students get this in their head that they think, I don't know if it's like, well, you're supposed to be an owner, right? Like this is what you're, everybody's supposed to do. It's kind of like when you're dating, you're supposed to get married, but some people don't get married. Right. I don't know. And I feel like when you're in the interview process, that's always something that comes up and I kind of chuckle. I'm like, oh, who goes on a first date and says, when so I want married? to be married. <laughs> and you're like, wow. Listen, that's, listen kid, I can't stand around you. <laughs> Um, so I, you know, in that conversation, being able to understand, and, and this is something I would love to dive into and in, in, down the road in this conversation about ownership, but it was something that, you know, Guy and I, cause he, he kind of takes the CEO route or he is the CEO of New Horizons. And so, um, most of our conversations were all with that. And so we were talking about, you know, what is the long-term plan? And, you know, for me, I'm like, if I'm moving out to Salina, I don't want to have to move out again. Like I want to make this work. I'm invested. And yeah, I would, I would be open or I would be wanting to look at ownership and what that means. And of course, Guy being an entrepreneur as well as saying, yeah, I, I would want to talk about that too. And so I think being able to say, you know, is that, is that an option? And then as we started to progress, I think it was probably yeah, probably year three that I was like, all right, I'm, I'm ready. I've gotten to a financial standpoint where um, one, I can, I can invest in a practice and two, we've had the time to be able to build a relationship. And I know that, that these are the people I'd want to own a practice with, because, mm. you know, if you try to buy in day one and you end up finding out that you two totally clash or that, you know, whoever you bought in with that, that, it's not going to work. That's an expensive thing to, to work your way out of. And yes. that's why I'm like, Oh, it's kind of like dating. You know, you don't meet the person on day one and then get married on day two and then just hope. I mean, you can, but <laughs> <laughs> those are called arranged marriages, arranged marriages. Yeah. <laughs> that might be where like the dad or the mom dentist and the kid. No, I don't do that. Either. Don't do that. <laughs> so, I mean, is ownership, it is an interesting question because there's a lot of people exiting dental school that are like, I just want to go to a practice. I want to participate as a, in, yeah. in, and have no responsibility whatsoever. Like I arrive, I mean, what advice would you give to s on that topic of ownership? Yeah. I think yeah. the beautiful thing about dentistry is you can practice it any way that you want to. So I know people who are, I want to come in work eight to five and I want to just show up, do dentistry, enjoy the people I work with, and then go home and not mm -hmm. think about it. I don't want to think about HR. I don't want to think about payroll. I don't want to think about marketing, you know, any yeah. other crisis. I just want to show up, do dentistry and go home. That's awesome. If you are that person, do it. All right. The, there's no qualms. Um, other people, they look at, okay, I'm more invested than that, you know, and this is the conversation of like, 
do you go into ownership and what is, and I look at ownership as two different things or two different options. One can be an investment, meaning that I want to own into a practice because I want to have that profitability, but I don't actually want to have any of the ownership, like CEO duties, HR duties, things like that. I am looking at purely ownership. I look at that as like why I buy Apple stock. I don't want to try to make a new phone. I just want to buy stock and make money, right? So if you're going in with the expectation of ownership, it's it's understanding what do you want to buy and what is the person who's selling it? What are, are you on the same page? Because you may be thinking, you know, I'm buying in just for ownership in terms of uh, investment and they actually want somebody to become the CEO. And you're like, that's not me. Or we look at the other thing is, is that you want to be that person that's in charge of the vision and then making those decisions and running the practice and being part of the actual leadership um, component. And again, that goes into those conversations with the current owner is, is that what they want to give up? Because that is, or do they want you to be a, um, an investor? And those are very different relationships. And being able to have those conversations and set expectations is going to create a successful relationship um, because either of those options are great if that's what both people want. But you can't have it where one person thinks that they're going to be the owner with the visionary changes and the other person's like, no, nah, actually, you're just going to be an investor. Right. <laughs> that's going to create a lot of problems. And so, uh, if, if you want to dive into it, I mean, so now you're owner partner Mm -hmm. and, uh, something, something changes and, and I'm not saying maybe the best place to start here is to say, um, looking back, what, what did you learn? Would you do it different? Um, because Allison now, you know, like she said at the beginning, she bought a practice of an old doctor. And so, it's, it, it might be interesting to explore, would you do it the same or would you jump right into buying the old practice from the old man? Or did you need the new horizon oh, no. experience? Okay, good. <laughs> I so needed the new horizons. I <laughs> okay. think, oh yeah, no, no, no. My yeah. experience <laughs> in Salina with them, uh, I would not trade that for anything. Okay. Um, I learned so much there, not just clinically, but um, in a practice and seeing how to run a practice. Um, yeah, I, I had a few classmates who, you know, they bought right out of school, either they bought a retiring practice and that dentist like went out right away, or they put up a shingle me personally. And this is where you have to ask your own question is, but for me personally, there's no way I was learning how to be a dentist and I needed to learn how to be the best dentist. I can't do that and learn how to be a business owner. Those are two very different, um, skill sets And I would not have been successful personally if I would have gone and did what I did here in Fort Collins, I would have been out of business uh, easily because it's, it's such a different skill. And um, so for me to be able to be completely comfortable in who I am as a dentist and a practitioner and having good as what I thought, like, you know, management skills, and then being able to buy a practice and then learn. um, Yeah, it, it, it's definitely grew me here as a business owner, but I, I couldn't have done both at the same time okay. at all. So what, so off you go. So let's anything else to say about your experience as an associate? Um, you know, I think a lot of it just in general, my, um, my advice for anybody is just to, to really take the time to figure out, you know, where they want to be, where they want to live, um, what kind of environment they want to be working in. Um, and then making sure that they like the people and that the people are on the same page. Like 
I love that when, if there's a miscommunication, if the kind of personality traits are that we're going to assume innocence and we're going to assume that, you know, this is a, is a, just a miscommunication and being able to work through that versus having somebody who isn't communication driven. Um, so just knowing the people you work with, um, and, uh, and being to understand the expectations of if you're wanting to have mentorship or, or not um, just talking, asking a ton of questions, because nice. I think watching some of my friends go some through their experiences, it all boils down to unmet or unexpressed expectations that mm. somebody on either end was disappointed. And it was, it could have been a conversation beforehand. So do you want to dive um, into any of that? No, I personally had a great experience. So yeah. <laughs> of mine, just I was friends. Like, just, yeah. Uh, but my friends, yeah. I mean, everything from, you know, having uh, where they joined a practice and they thought that the, you know, because the dentist was doing a large expanded amount of treatments that the dentist would also teach them. And instead the dentist is cherry picking all of those and then giving the new dentist just the basic stuff and having zero desire to teach them, train them or do anything that doesn't go so well. And so, um, and so you, had that conversation with the grosses before you arrived. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. Okay. I, I was big, especially after me having a residency. I'm like, right. look, I'm a, what am I doing? Yeah. I'm a good doctor now. Like I learned a lot of stuff, <laughs> you know, through those 12 months, it's intense. You better, I want to find somebody who's going to use me. And they for sure were like a hundred percent. Let's go. Let's do this. <laughs> I cut you off. You were going to say, I'm sorry. You were going to say something else when you ended your story. Was there no, more? I, um, uh, I don't know what I was going to say there. But, <laughs> okay, good. But, but I, I, it's it's crazy because I even have a, a so I have a close friend who's gone to business with his father in dental school at right after dinner, and he is having that exact what you are describing is like, he thinks like he's going to arrive at dad's practice and dad is going to be like son like come yeah. and it is not his father no it is not what he thought and it's all because of the communication they did not talk about the relationship that they were going to have once the son arrived, like, are you going to teach me? Are you going to mentor me? And they are like running two separate practices yeah. and it's the worst. Like he's trying to get out of it. He, uh, he doesn't even want to be part and it's his own father. So it's yeah. tough. Yeah. I I've had some friends work with some parents and I laugh. I mean, either, um, I don't know. You, you, you either know, I'm like, I was like, you need to do like the Ikea test. So you can take your parent and you guys can go shopping in Ikea and you can pick out equipment, like a, a big old TV thing, entertainment system, and then you can put it together and there's absolutely no miscommunications and everything's perfect and hunky-dory, then yes, work with your parent. It'll work, yeah. I can't, like my dad, I could do that with. My mom, we, like we would be over and before we even got to the second part of Ikea, like it would be so funny. Uh, so I think personality, like working with your parent, I've seen that go bad. And I've definitely seen the situation that you just described, whether that's a parent or a mentor where, yeah, the dentist just didn't want to support this new grad or this doctor, whether you're new grad or not coming in there and giving them that environment to thrive in. And that's a really important conversation to have because it obviously, yeah, Essential. it's unsettling. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had friends that have gone and done the corporate thing where they've, you know, they, as I, I tease my girlfriend, I'm like, you just chase the money. You know, they, they dangled out this amazing salary and coming out of school, it, it, I was like, wow, that's your monthly salary. And she's like, yes. And then after like the third month, 
she wasn't hitting quote unquote, a quota of what she had to do. And now they started docking and they docked her pay big time. And, um, you know, that created some problems because she didn't know that that was something that was going to happen. So really diving into your contract, um, understanding how you get paid when you would not get paid that way. Um, there's uh, in that contract stuff, find somebody who actually does dental contracts and have them read that and somebody being like a lawyer. Um, cause there are specific lawyers <laughs> that do dental contracts, both for your associate and for your partnership. Um, it was night and day. I had, um, a local lawyer do my associate contract as well as my business contract when I bought into new horizons. And it was, a, it was a fine experience, but there was definitely some caveats in there that I'm like, Oh, I wish I would have known like that beforehand or saw that differently. Um, not major, just small things. But when I came out here to Colorado, I hired a lawyer that is, that's all she does is dental contracts between associates, partners, buyouts, and her level of expertise. I wish she could be my lawyer for everything. It was, she was <laughs> awesome. And, you know, finding somebody who like does that would be helpful. Um, and I'm trying to think of other ones, uh, big ones are like the cherry pick and you know, just the division of like new patients and, right. you know, how it's do you huge. guys divide them up? How do you um, work with them? How do you do existing patients? As simple as, uh, you know, what is the conversation of how do you introduce this new doctor to your practice? Like right. I brought on an associate to my practice this summer. Um, she's a new grad. And there's words that we don't say, and there's words that we do say in terms of how we introduce our patients to her. We don't ever say, oh, we have a, I have a new grad or Dr. Reescraft's a new dentist. Like we always say, oh, she's been practicing in Milwaukee and she joined our practice this July. You've been practicing, she's been practicing for two years up there in mm -hmm. school. Mm -hmm. And so then they don't know it's ambiguous um, or just being able to talk to patients and saying, you know, oh. The, this would be a great procedure for Dr. Reescraft to do because Dr. Lesko does more comprehensive or complex cases, which isn't true. I mean, I I'll do anything, but I want to support her. And so when we have a case that's like, Oh, fillings in a, a crown or two, like this is perfect for her. Why do I need to do that? And so we really work on shunting work to her. And so talking to the, the doctor that you're looking at is how is that workflow? What is the, what do new patients look like? What are existing patients look like? Are you going to be sending work to me or am I only going to treat the patients that I physically diagnosed? And, um, you know, that was something that I think New Horizons was awesome at. And I've learned is it's just, there's an abundance of dentistry in our practice and I'm successful as an owner, whether I'm doing the work or my associates doing the work, but I'm more successful if she's doing the work. Cause that means she's going to be happy and she's going to stay here. <laughs> So why would I not want her to be very busy and, and, and doing all this treatment? And that's, that's important. So smart. Good. This is great. This, I hope everyone's <laughs> listening. I hope you're still paying. This is so good. Um, Allison. So uh, we might as well explore. I mean, I know that you didn't do it as a new doctor, but um, you move on from new horizons mm -hmm. and you buy it, you buy a practice from an old retiring doctor. We might as well just explore. I mean, because you've had both experiences. Yeah. So maybe talk about that. So you moved away from uh, the partnership, and how did you find this practice? Um, we let's just do it. Let's talk about this as well. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, it was a it's, it's a story in itself. Um, let's go. <laughs> so I uh, 
I knew I wanted to be out in Colorado, loved it. So I uh, met up with a broker. So they sell dental practices, like they sell real estate. And uh, so I I arranged with a broker to come out and look at, there's like 13 practices in one weekend that we came out that stretched from Colorado Springs to just North of Denver. And um, so I was looking at practices. Most of the time you just get to go in, you look at the practice physically and you get paperwork on it and you can See, and I think, um, you know, if you're a new grad and you're trying to go this route, um, definitely find some mentors that have been practicing Mm. for a while to be able to look at the the reports that you're getting from from the brokers, just so that way you can tell like, is what kind of practice this is. They can give you some very specific um, um, guidance on that. Um, And uh, when I got out here, uh, or just like a day or two before I got out here, the broker was like, Hey, um, I just got this call from this dentist up in Fort Collins. He's, uh, going to be selling his practice. He just called me. So there's absolutely no paperwork. Cause that takes like a month to go through and get all the reporting. He's like, I have no, re- I have nothing on him. I just know his name. If you want to meet him, it's 20 more minutes North of where our last place is. And you can go meet him. I said, Oh yeah, sure. Like we're here. Why not? Never been to Fort Collins. Uh, wasn't really even on my map. I didn't, I, you know, cause I was looking at the ones that he was showing me. So, um, drove up to Fort Collins. So I met the, the dentist and his wife and he had, um, been in the practice for 30 years, solo practitioner and, uh, just this super cool, like kind of hippie quirky dude. Um, and for those, I know you guys don't know me, but <clears throat> my personality is kind of quirky and funny and, um, you know, I, my biggest concern was taking over a practice of like an old staunchy retired dentist. And, and then here I'm the, you know, like the sarcastic, funny dentist that likes right. to say to patients. And um, I thought, geez, patients may not like me. Um, so anyway, I, I ended up meeting this guy and his wife and we had almost a three hour conversation and just talking about his practice, what he does, what he loves about here, what he loves about his patients. Um, you know, and it was an interview of me trying to figure out, you know, his practice and his style, um, what to expect in like the culture of his practice. He's interviewing me because this is his baby of 30 years. Right. And he's like, I want to give this to the person who can take it to the next level. Like that was his goal. He's like, I don't want to sell it to just sell it. Like, this is my baby. And, um, but at the end of that conversation, I just looked at him and I, I don't even know how much your practice is worth. I don't even know what I would be buying. I don't know what to offer, but I want to buy your practice. And he's like, just started like just beaming and thinking, I want to sell it to you. Like you're it. And then it was like a month later getting all this paperwork. He has a, he had built a nice practice. And for me personally, there was a lot of opportunity because he did mostly bread and butter dentistry. So for me to come in and say, I get to keep everything in-house and looking at how many root canals he referred out, how many implants he referred out, you know, he was offering quality dentistry, but he would have to refer patients out. I thought, oh, this is going to be a no brainer. I mean, in my, I bought the practice started in May and from May to December, I doubled his best year ever um, just by being there. So let that sink in. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) Yeah. In less than a year, I doubled what he normally does in a year. Um, And that's just because I didn't have to refer anything out and it was awesome. But uh, the transition was uh, very unique because the, uh, the the broker and I there's some there's some drama drama alert. Yes. The broker is not your friend. Yes, they're in it for the money. Mm. There's some situation things that was creating a less than ideal paycheck for the broker. So he was trying to um, get our contract to fall through. So that was 
uh, a very uh, interesting experience. Um, interesting. That's a good word. Very good choice of word. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> hope it never <laughs> happens to another individual. Um, but it, it unfortunately led us to the point where because the dentist, he, he the, the broker was trying to tell him that the deal was always following through because he was trying to make it fall through. But both the dentist and I were like, no, we want this. And just like when you buy a house, you're not really talking to the homeowner, you're going through the broker. Right. And um, it led us to a point where he wasn't able to tell even his team that he was retiring, let alone his patients. So literally on a Thursday, May 5th, he told his team, Hey, I'm going to retire. And they were like, Oh my gosh, when are you going to retire? He goes today at four 30, your new dentist starts on Monday. Oh my goodness. So, uh, I drove out and, uh, Monday morning I showed up, I told him to clear the schedule for the entire day, but they ended up just scheduling for the first, like keeping just the morning free. And then we had more afternoon patients. And so I literally went in on Monday thinking, I have no idea who's going to show up. Um, I didn't have the people's numbers. I, I, I just was like, well, I'm going to show up and see who's here for work and hope to God they show up. And they did. And so we had a four hour meeting of like, hi, so my name's Dr. Lesko. Uh, that's L-E-S-K-O. And that's how you say it and spell it. And uh, let's get to know each other. And then we saw patients and it was odd because patients who I saw on Monday or Tuesday were like, I just saw Dr. Pixley last week and he didn't say anything about it. And so we had to go with, well, his contract and my contract, we had to be secrecy there, you know, it's was, it was all very confidential to, and, and, you know, it's not, we've been working on this for a year, you know, we've known it's not a last minute. He's not dying of cancer. He's fine. Right. You know? So right. we had, it, I call that the crash landing. So for like three months, it was, uh, just, it's just a crash landing survival mode. It was not ideal. Um, but getting through that and where I'm at now, it's amazing. And mm. I would love for that transition to be different, but I mean, the previous dentist and his wife and his kids all still come here. We have a really good relationship. His patients are phenomenal and it's been great. Um, it, that part has gone really well. Very cool. In, in both of the practices that you've been in, what are the most important elements then in create in, in creating the environment and the place that you want to work that the patients love to be a part of that the team loves to be a part of. I mean, you've mentioned stuff like, um, excellent communication, making sure that you love where you're working, but like what makes a great practice? What makes this for you? What makes it work? Um, I think, you know, a lot of it, and this kind of goes into people are listening to the tops and crown council stuff is the culture. I mean, just having a great environment for, people to be here. You know, I want, um, the team to feel excited about walking through the doors. I want them to feel like they are, um, valuable that their, you know, information and suggestions is something that I want. And I, I want them to help us grow. We look at it as that every single person on the team has previous experiences and previous knowledge. We're all going to pick up different knowledge elsewhere. And so our goal is how do we grow and get better as a team you know, what can we copy? What can we learn from? And, uh, you know, I think that's number one, it's just starting with creating a nice culture where, you know, everybody wants to show up and, and be here. Um, you know, the team, I, as I hire individuals, I let the team, um, do the interviewing for the first couple of rounds, because it's important mm -hmm. that whoever we bring on into our team, that my other team members 
have to want to work with them, you know? And um, that takes a lot of trust on my end that I hired great people to begin with and that I trust their opinion. So by the time I get to meet them, I'm, it's like, well, you've already impressed the, you know, the Dickens off everybody else. The job's yours. Like, what do you want? (laughs) What do you know for me? And uh, you know, that's kind of how I want it, how I want it to feel. And uh, you know, that's, that's the main thing is just hiring great people, trusting in them, growing them and giving them the space to be able to feel the autonomy that they can grow and, and keep this place where we all feel that way. So good. And what, what would you like, let's say a student is listening to this now, Mm -hmm. like what, what could, what could old Allison in dental school have done? Not better, but what would you maybe do different to as a student prepare for the next for what's coming next? Like, what could they, I know they're focused on like school work and they're focused on mm-hmm. what is happening in dental school. What advice would you give them to, that you have learned that looking back, you're like, Oh, I wish I would have done such and such to prepare. Um, I think a lot of it's personal development. Um, I, I think there, there's a lot of books out there that, you know, I, a lot of our job, it's, you learn dentistry and, and that is something that, you know, is obviously a skill and you can get, you can very like mechanical if you will. Um, but the big component of that is personal relationships with your, your coworkers, your teammates, the patients. And so being able to develop yourself to where you have great communication skills. Um, there's so many books uh, that will help you talk about the different styles and how to communicate with a different person's style than your own and being able to see, okay, um, how to address that or, um, have like, we were just reading the book, the, um, critical conversations and, you know, how do you have a conversation when there is conflict? And again, that goes, goes into that, that theory of assuming innocence and saying, okay, I don't think that this person was trying to have a personal attack on me. I'm not going to take it personally. I'm going to take a minute, take a breath, go to them and say, Hey, you said this, and I took it as this, but is that what you meant? Or can I get some clarification on this? You know, being mature enough to, to step back and say, okay, you know, how can we develop this relationship or have a conversation, diffuse situations? Um, so that's, those are some things that I think, you know, would really help anyone uh, be able to work better with their mentors, work better with their team, and especially with patients. There's a, a go on to Steve Anderson's, I'm sure he's got a list of his favorite books and I read all of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. He has a wonderful book suggestions for personal development on, you know, sales and, um, you know, those kind of things and conversations and just all that. I think that is something that you can't invest in enough. Um, you know, and then finding mentors, people who are doing what you want to do, whether that's nice. in the practice that you're currently looking at, uh, but build your, your network. Um, you know, you're going to these conferences and you're meeting people, get their numbers, make a mastermind group, get connected. Uh, because if you see people doing what you want to be doing, they will help you find the way there. And they can help you find that way there with a lot less detours and with some good experience. Um, they can, it, it's just a valuable. So, um, you know, your classmates are going to have great uh, experiences, hopefully, or being less and less learning lessons. Um, But look for people who are already doing what you're doing and learn from them. Um, Let me see. I think uh, I'm trying to think of there's so much like that kind of goes into that. that, You know, I, I, 
I was looking and, and oh, that would be one other I tell. And I've talked to my, my associate about this too, is um, everybody's on a different journey and it's a different timeline. And I look at our, your journey in your career in dentistry as like a book with multiple chapters and um, the, 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 the push to either a keep up with the Joneses, you see your classmates, gosh, they're already making this. They're already doing this. They're already here. Mm-hmm. You know, understand that each journey is different and you'll see this a lot in dentistry, especially when you start meeting people out in the world. And I always look at this and go, okay, I'm on chapter five of this book. And my friend is on a chapter 25. I'm not trying to fake my way to 25, but it's giving me the motivation to know, Hey, as I continue in this book and in this journey, I could get there. Right. And then I'm asking them, hey, how did you get there? And then I'm realizing that there's other books with other pages that I have to go and read first before I can move on. And, uh, you know, so that's something that it's like, never compare yourself to um, to those mentors in a way that's going to feel like you got to keep up with them. Use it as a motivation. I'm like, okay, how can I do that? Like more of an instructional. Um, and then the other thing is that this is, not, this is a, mar- dentistry is a marathon it's uh, it's really hard on your body. It's hard on your mind. Um, it's, it takes a lot of work to do it. So don't come out of the gates thinking you got to sprint. You got to like, take a second. So if you're like, I'd love my associate the other day, she's like, I could work like five or six days a week. I'm like, you could, and then you're going to be burnt out. You could. Like, you were going to sprint the first three miles of that marathon. How are you going to do on the last bit of that? And she's like, all right, all right. I'm like, she's like, well, my friends are in in a, in a residency and they're working five days and, and, and eight to five and they're just going through so many patients. And I said, yeah. And she's like, and, and I get to ski on Fridays. And I go, yeah. yeah. How's uh-huh. your work-life balance? Feeling? She goes, actually, I kind of like it. <laughs> like, yes. Yes. Follow me. <laughs> Enjoy that. Don't burn yourself out. That's so good. Housen, you are, this has been so good. I don't even know. Um, I usually ask like, Hey, is there anything else? But I mean, you have covered so much. I, um, I have so many notes, so many awesome things to share. (laughs) I'm serious. This is so good. Um, as we wrap up, like as we come in for a landing here, is there anything else that you would say to, to a young Allison or a young student? Um, you know, I think just take everything as a learning lesson. You know, there's never any mistakes. Even if you find yourself in a situation that you're like, shoot, this is not the practice that's right for me. Um, you know, really look at it and say, okay, what can I take away from this? What, what do I like about this place? What do I like about the people? What do I like about the culture? Um, what are some opportunities that would be, I'm looking for, um, what are some things that I don't ever want? Like, what are my red flags? What I'm going to look for? That's not something I want. Um, and really take it as a way to gleam everything, you know, every job that you have. Um, and, and of course, I always wish everybody gets into a, the right associate or the right position out the gate. But in all honesty, people don't know the right questions to ask out the gate and in that interview process. And like I said, that dating of trying to figure out if that's your right place. And so just try to gleam everything as educational, whether you're learning what you want or not want or how you get your learning a new dentistry tip or whatever that is. And I think that that'll take you a long way. Um, if you look at it that way. So good. Thank you, Allison. You're this, welcome. I just want to 
every time we do one of these interviews, I just want to like tell all the doctors to just call you and be like, Hey, listen, absolutely. Don't, please don't do this alone. <laughs> just call someone that is very smart. <laughs> so thank you. I, uh, maybe I will, I'll give them your personal cell phone. Absolutely. Just they have uh, my cell phone, my you, email. I you are, to- you are, you are uh, agreeable to this idea. Absolutely. So. I, I love dentistry. I love making, uh, having people come into our field. I, I love having them be a mentor and, and being having them find success and happiness here because I love what I do and I want everybody to feel the way that I do about it. So if that means I can help them figure out how to read through that book, man, I'm I'm 100% in. And I 100% believe that because you could be outside hiking right now. It's 70 it degrees be. in Fort Call and she's so here warm. doing a podcast <laughs> instead. So thank you. Oh, thanks appreciate for asking me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. So uh, we'll wrap up with Allison. Thank you very much, Allison. We appreciate all your time and um, your wisdom. So wise. Thanks, Stuart. (laughs) Are you going to, maybe we could add a, uh, I do. I, so I am ridiculed often for singing here at the office. Oh, (laughs) so what are you singing to patients? I got to know everything. I, uh, (laughs) music is my other passion. I both play and just, I just love it. So we always play Pandora or Spotify. So whatever is playing, even yes. if it's not in, in the language that I understand, I'll start humming the, along. Uh-huh. I'll make my own harmonies. Uh, it's, I can't not. And then when Pandora or Spotify stops, I just start singing whatever the last song was. And then my assistant is quickly trying to get the music to work. because <laughs> Stop <laughs> um, her, please. I know it's, <laughs> it's, I can't help it. I, I, it, you know, whistle good. while you work, I guess. I love it. Okay, good. Sounds good. We'll have a duet, some sort of karaoke at the annual oh, event. I didn't so. say I was good singer. So oh, that doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, thanks, Allison. Have a wonderful afternoon. I appreciate Absolutely. your time. You too. Thanks Thank so you. much. Okay. See ya. All right. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this Mentor of the Month podcast sponsored by Crown Council. This is just one tool available to the Crown Council membership that helps dental teams build a culture of success. That's our mission and purpose is to provide a place for dental teams to come together and learn the skills needed to develop your most valuable asset, the people, those people who work in your practice. As always, if you're interested in being part of this group or want more information about the tools available to the membership, go to www.crowncouncil.com or call us 1-800-276-9658. Thanks.